Hello and welcome to the Thoughts and Players Gaming Podcast, a podcast with bold takes and no strings attached. My name is Corey and I'm here today with a bonus level for everybody. And with me I have I have nobody, actually. I have no friends and no one wanted to join. I did ask Jeremy and David and they denied me. So I'm by myself, but I still have an excellent level for you. It is actually a E3 predictions level. Now, everyone knows E3 is the Christmas of gaming. We all look forward to it. It's when companies come together and they announce all their biggest stuff. So I'm here to give you five pretty predictable predictions and five bold predictions. So um, we have a lot to cover. I'm just going to really jump into it now. E3 always has these conferences that go on. You know, you have Microsoft, you have Bethesda, you have Nintendo, uh, Sony skipped out, but they always do like a state of play. So I'm going to do this based on certain companies, hit you with a few predictions I think will happen, and like I said, a couple bold ones. So let's just kind of jump into it and go to probably my least favorite conference each year, and that would be the Ubisoft conference. Now, um, I'm not really a big fan of their conferences because they tend to stick to kind of... Rainbow Six, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, you kind of always know what they're getting. So predictions are a little bit tougher. But I do have two here that I think are definitely going to happen. Now the first one is a Mario crossover game. Now they did this a few years ago with the Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom game. It was kind of like a uh, a strategy shooter game with Mario and the Rabbids from Raymond. So that thing sold pretty well. It was very well received. People generally liked it. And now it's been out for a few years. I think it's time that they bring another one out. Now, do I have the type of game they're going to make? I do not. But I anticipate a Mario crossover of some sort. They have a really good relationship with Nintendo. And it seems to work. You know, they did that uh, flying game where they had the Star Fox characters. So I think this is going to continue. But... That's a pretty safe prediction. I kind of want to go to my bold one, which I think will make a certain group of fans very happy. And that is bringing back your boy, Sam Fisher. I'm talking Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell is coming back. It's been teased, not by them, but it's been anticipated by fans for years and years and years. I would say the last three years, people thought of Splinter Cell was going to make a return. It has not, but... Sam Fisher is all over the place. He was in one of the Ghost Recon games. He was in a mobile game. They are throwing him out there, and they're seeing how people's reactions are. And every time he's thrown out there, people are excited. They think, is, is this the new Splinter Cell game? Is this when they make an announcement for it? And it hasn't been yet. But I, I, I want to stake a claim right here. I guarantee a new Splinter Cell is being announced at this E3. It's happening. Now... That's Ubisoft. Like I said, not a huge fan of their IPs or their games in general, but they always do put on a big conference, and I appreciate them for it. So there's a couple of predictions for them. Next up, let's move to Square Enix. Square Enix, the big RPG guys, makers of Final Fantasy, among others. I have two predictions that kind of go hand in hand. Now, when Final Fantasy VII was first revealed, the remake, it was said it was going to be first on PS4. A lot of people don't understand what that meant. They're like, what's that mean? What's, what's it coming out to after that? Well, I'm here to tell you, at E3, it's going to be announced that it's coming to, to everything. It's coming to Xbox, it's coming to PC, and it's coming to the new Switch Pro. 
the rumored Switch 4K system with the OLED screen and all the upgrades, that will finally be able to run the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that's going to be their big blowout for this year. They're going to show off what it looks like on PC. It's going to look beautiful on PC. And they're going to show a couple different features for the new Switch Pro, which will be announced before E3, but you know that's besides the point. Now, moving on to their bold prediction. Maybe it's, maybe it's not that bold. I don't know. I think it's bold. But Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 will get shown off. It's now been two years since the first one came out. And I remember them saying that they would have smaller titles so they can come out more frequently. So I'm not saying it's going to be released this year, but for sure it's going to get a trailer of some sort. They want to hype up Final Fantasy VII Interlude, which is the Intergrade, whatever the DLC is for Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's coming out in June. They're definitely going to get the hype going and saying, listen, you've got to buy this version so you can be ready for Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 when it comes out in 22, 23, 24. Who really knows? Square Enix always has an okay conference for me. I'm still excited for them, though. We'll see what they pull out. Now, no, no, no. I got rid of the quick, easy companies. You know, we have other people that are coming out. Rockstar may or may not show. I don't really want to make predictions on them. Uh, EA always has something, but theirs are god-awful. I don't even want to predict what they're going to put out. It's definitely Madden. It's definitely FIFA. It's definitely some Star Wars trash that's not exciting the fan base anymore. Um, But we have, obviously, our big three, the big three companies, Microsoft, Sony, and um, Nintendo. So uh, Sony really hasn't done an E3 for a couple years now, but they do their state of plays. And even though they don't do it on certain dates, like the June 12th through June 15th that E3 is showing this year, I do believe they're going to show a state of play somewhere around there. Now, they just did a Horizon Forbidden West state of play to really showcase that game. Um, And I think they did that for a reason. They wanted to actually get the hype up for it, but they want to leave room for their biggest title when they do their next state of play that will surprise fans. And I think we're all obviously know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God of War Ragnarok. Now, God of War 2018 is, I, I believe, my favorite game of all time at this point. Uh, It was just a wonderful, perfect game in my opinion, and Ragnarok has all the hype around it. There was a trailer shown sometime last year when they were talking about the PS5. It was only a logo, but it did say 2021, so that got the fans hyped up. Now, we are half a year into 2021 with zero information on God of War, so what's going to happen with this trailer? They are going to show gameplay. And I don't know what it's going to involve, but I'm guessing it's going to involve Kratos and and older Atreus, maybe even playable. And it's going to show beautiful graphics, it's going to show enhancements to the combat system, and at the very end it's going to show a 2022 release date window. So yes, even though they said it was 2021 to begin with, you are getting it pushed back at least a year. It'll probably come out mid-2022 if I had to guess. Now, now that's not my that's not my bold prediction for Sony. I think I think they got to show Ragnarok off. That's that's pretty that's pretty common knowledge. But a game that has not been talked about, not been shown for so long, is going to make a reappearance at this year's E3. Technically, Sony's state of play. I'm talking about From Software's 
Elden Ring. We know next to nothing about this. We know George R.R. R. Martin helped write some of the lore and the story. We know it's an enhancement from the Dark Souls games and from Sekiro. It's supposed to be their biggest game yet. Big open world, I believe. But um, yeah, really nothing. We've had a small trailer. But they are going to blow this one out. They are going to show so much of the gameplay. They're going to show mechanics. They're going to show the world. They're going to show, obviously, how beautiful it looks. And they are going to drop the bomb that it is going to come out later this year. It is coming out in 2021 this year. I know we're halfway done, but From Software is one of those companies that will announce something and it comes out four, five, six months later. So I do expect a holiday 2020, 2020, 2021 release from Elden Ring. That, that You can put that on the books right there. So now we have two very interesting companies left. Um, yeah, two very interesting companies. We have Microsoft and we have Nintendo. These are probably my favorite two um, showcases each year. And uh, let's jump into it. Microsoft, uh, big company. They've been doing pretty good so far. Not many exclusive titles, but they have the promise of exclusive titles. They have 23 companies in their midst right now, all making games. And not all of them are known, but a lot are. We have Fable. We have uh, a couple different RPGs. We have, obviously, Forza. We have Halo. And let's stick with Halo. I think Halo is... It's obvious. This this is not even a prediction. This is It's getting a trailer during E3. It's going to be their big showcase game. They have to show more than what they did at the last trailer when the game actually got delayed. So they're going to show off just stunning graphics, um, ray tracing, 120 frames per second. And the thing everyone wants to see is the release date. It's, it's coming out 2021. It's going to happen. That's going to be their big bomb. But like I said, that's not... That's not even a prediction. That's, that's just what they have to do. Now, something more interesting to me is the Bethesda part of Microsoft. Big purchase, $7.5 billion. You know, they want to use this company to their fullest. There's already been games in the pipeline for Bethesda that were being made before Microsoft bought them. So, one of those games, Starfield. Now, that was shown off, oh man, two, three years ago during Bethesda's E3 with just the Splash title. A little shot of outer space and Starfield. No release date, no gameplay, no nothing. So, But we know Bethesda loves, even more than From Software, they love to show off a game and say, hey, you can get it in 48 hours. Not quite that quick, but they love to show a game and say, hey, this is coming out in two months. Is that going to happen with Starfield? Sort of, sort of. It's going to come out early 2022. But it is going to get a gameplay trailer. It's going to get a trailer that shows off the mechanics, shows off a little bit of the story and the lore. And I think the biggest thing for fans is it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. Xbox and PC exclusive, excuse me. Uh, Microsoft did not buy Bethesda to share with their competitors. They didn't buy it so Sony could have a free ride on their games. Yes, it would make them a lot of money because a lot of Sony fans buy Bethesda games. You know, but... This is a franchise that is, is brand new. It's not Fallout. It's not Elder Scrolls. They don't have pre-made fan bases on the other systems. Or, well, let's face it. Let's talk about Sony. They don't have pre-made fans on Sony's for Starfield. So this is a perfect opportunity to take Starfield and make it exclusive. 
because you don't have that damage of people being upset like Sony's Sony people saying, wow, you know, I, I bought this system hoping it would come out to this. No, it's a Microsoft owned game. So I think Starfield will be the first Bethesda title to get that exclusivity on Xbox and PC. And it should, in my opinion, exclusives are good for the in- industry when they're made by the company that makes the uh, the consoles, you know? Maybe not so good when Square Enix says, hey, this is only coming out for PlayStation, but when Microsoft makes a game and it says, hey, it's only gonna be on Xbox, I think that's good because it raises the stakes. It tells Sony, listen, you don't have Bethesda games to lean on. You better be making your own really good game. So, um, and that's a gimme too. Starfield's gonna be showcased. So what's my bold prediction for Microsoft right now? Now, they've announced so many games. There's so many games in their pipeline, but they, like I said, they have 23 different companies. There's gotta be something hidden. They've gotta get something hyped up. What's it gonna be? It's gonna be the bird, and it's gonna be the bear. It's gonna be Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie has not seen life on the Xbox console since Nuts and Bolts. I don't know how many years back that was, but it was definitely the Xbox 360. And I think, I don't know what company's going to make it, but it's the right time for it. People have been hyped up for Banjo-Kazooie. He recently got a DLC spot on Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is going to come up later. So, yes, Banjo-Kazooie is making a return. He's the most famous cartoony IP that Xbox owns. It would be really good on Game Pass, getting families to want to play the system. It's already great for that with Game Pass. But, yeah, I think it's his time to make a return. And that's kind of my bold prediction for Microsoft, among some other things. I think there will be another company purchase. I don't know if it will be WB. That was rumored a little while back, but that would be a gigantic one. But I think they will show show off buying a couple more smaller companies and just kind of getting that stable of uh, developers to put out really great games. So, yeah, that's Microsoft. Now... My favorite, absolute favorite conference each year, and that is Nintendo. I love Nintendo. I've been a Nintendo fan my whole life. Uh, The thing is, they just make really great, uh, memorable games. You know, with the Zelda series, Mario, Pokemon, Metroid, Fire Emblem, uh, the list goes on and on. They have so many great IPs, and each E3 is a chance for them to show off a reimagining of these IPs, so... Let's just jump into the predictions, and like like I said earlier, this one's not even really a prediction. You know that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to get a trailer. It just has to happen. It was shown off two years ago. Um, it's about time that they show a little more. People are clamoring for it. I think it will get a release window of 2022. It's a little too late for them to say, hey, coming out this year... They have Skyward Sword coming out, so they have their Zelda fix for this year. But, uh, yeah, it will get a 2022 release date. I think it'll also get some sort of character switching where you can play a Zelda or even multiplayer. I'm not so sold on the multiplayer aspect, but I'm pretty sure you'll get to play a Zelda in this one. So, um, just my guess, but, you know, I I think it's right. Um, And also, a highly anticipated game that was announced... Four years ago, it feels like, Metroid Prime 4. Now, it was being made, and it got canceled and kind of rebooted because it wasn't looking good, according to Nintendo. So, we've seen nothing but a splash screen in that conference so many years ago. I think 
we're going to get a little bit of gameplay. We're going to get a little bit of action. We're going to get another splash screen and not a release date, but we will get some significant information. Maybe even a Metroid Prime 3 trilogy or Metroid Prime trilogy remake finally. Um, and now I said Jeremy and David are not on this episode, as you can tell. I've been talking for 15 minutes straight. But Jeremy did have a prediction of his own that he wanted me to say. He wanted to let you guys all know that if you only have a Switch, don't worry about buying an Xbox. Because Game Pass is coming to the Switch this year. Now, I think it's a pretty good prediction. I'm not going to steal it from him, but I think it's, it's a pretty solid one. Because he also said the Switch Pro is going to be announced. Now, that's like... Uh, not a given, but it's it's been talked about enough to where it seems pretty true. Now, if a Switch Pro does come out, that just raises the power of the Switch, which will allow them to play a lot of these Game Pass games that you would have to download on it. So, I think it's a great prediction by Jeremy. Uh, I could definitely see it happening. I believe Xbox would love if it happened. I think really only thing holding them back is Nintendo. They don't want other people in their ecosystem, but Xbox can throw around a lot of money. They can throw around a lot of percentages saying, hey, you can take this much of the effort. Microsoft just wants to be in people's homes. They want to build such a huge following that when they eventually do say, hey, prices are increased or you can only play on Xbox now, it's going to be like, okay, we got to get an Xbox. Um, I've, got, I've got a few bold ones for Nintendo here. Uh, too many bold ones, actually. I don't, I don't think these will all come true, but... Let's just kind of roll down it. Um, Mario Odyssey. That game came out in 2016? 2017? Uh, so it's been a good number of years at this point. And there's been no peep from another Mario game. You know, they made new Super Mario Bros. Wii U Deluxe Remastered come out for the Switch. They made Super Mario World 3D with Bowser's Fury come out for the Switch. But those were just fill-ins until they could announce the next big Mario game. And this is the year they do it. It's going to be Super Mario Odyssey 2. Maybe not, but it will be a new 3D Mario sequel, um, which I think everyone will really look forward to and love. Um, another one that I want to talk about is uh, the best-selling game on the Switch, I believe. Uh, one of the best-selling series of all time. It's been so long since a title in this series has come out. Mario Kart 9 will be announced at this E3. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out when the Switch first came out. So that was four years ago. Um, it was a launch game or very, very close to launch. And it wasn't a new game. It was a, a remaster or deluxe edition of the Wii U game, which came out even a few years before that. Now, it's been selling like hotcakes because everyone loves Mario Kart. But uh, it's time. It's time they made a new Mario Kart for sure. Uh, what's going to be in this Mario Kart? It's not going to go the Super Smash Bros. route, but as we've seen with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, they added Link, they added Animal Crossing, they added uh, the Blue Falcon, I believe. They're going to start adding some of these other characters as full-time roster members. Now, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to this. You know, when you play Mario Kart, you get, you get all the great Mario characters and a lot of the not-so-great Mario characters, but characters that are appreciated being in it. You get the, the Piranhas, you get the Dry Bones, but... You also get baby versions, which are okay when it's Mario, but when you get baby Peach, baby Daisy, baby Rosalina, uh, characters that have never even been in any game at all, it feels kind of watered down. You get Gold Mario, Silver Luigi, Pink Gold Peach, uh, 
So I, I don't I don't really like those characters. Now I know they probably don't take a lot of development time. You know, it's probably simply a recolor. But I think they're going to sure up their roster a little bit. Have that very good core of Mario friends and enemies and just the guys that you can't play with in any other game. But you're going to see a little bit more from Nintendo's history. You know, you're going to get Diddy. You're going to get Donkey. Of course, they're always in it. But you're going to get you're going to get the Link again. Uh, you're going to get Animal Crossing. You're going to see Captain Falcon. They're not making a new F-Zero game anytime soon, so it might as well be in some racing game. You're going to get Kirby. You're going to get specialized vehicles for all these characters. You're going to get Samus, and her, her cart's going to hover across the ground. You're going to get Super Smash Bros. cart a little bit. The stages will do that. That's going to be their big selling point. They've kind of did everything else with Mario Kart. At this point, you know, 8 kind of did the low gravity stuff. Now they're going to make it Nintendo Kart. So uh, that'll that 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 that'll be announced this year for sure. Um, now, if you guys know me at all, one of my favorite series of all time is the Super Smash Bros. series. I started playing it on the N64, got real into it with Melee, the Wii U, um, and I just love Ultimate. Haven't played it a lot lately, but I'm so ingrained in that culture, I still get hyped about new DLC releases, and I always download them. I've downloaded every character. I look forward to the new announcements. So I kind of wanted to save this one for last because it's something that I've uh, I've thought about a lot, and I really just enjoy the surprise announcements that they make. And this, they are due to, to announce two more characters before all the DLC is done for Smash Bros. And Sakurai, the uh, director of the game, said this is definitely it. And it's definitely the biggest roster they've ever had. Smash Bros. will never be the same after this. They can't make a bigger Smash Bros. in the future. This game already has 80-some-odd characters. A lot of them are unique. They've done a fantastic job with third-party characters. It's the only place you can verse Sonic and Cloud. Sephiroth is in it. So I just, I really enjoy the Smash Bros. franchise. And I wanted to, I wanted to tell you guys, they're going to show off the first DLC character and say, hey, he's available in a week, in a day, tomorrow, tonight. They're going to do that. And then they're going to show off the last DLC character. And I've got both those for you right here. I'm not saying I have an insider with inside knowledge. I guess that's what an insider is. But but I do. I know who these DLC characters are. Now, first, let me give you Jeremy and David's wrong predictions. They're good predictions, but they're wrong, unfortunately. Now, I do really enjoy both these character predictions that they put out. Um... There's just not enough spots left to fill up everything I want. But let me tell you, Jeremy came out, the Xbox fanboy that he is, he's predicting Master Chief. And man, would I love Master Chief in this game. Master Chief is just a icon of the, the gaming zeitgeist, as Jeremy likes to say. Uh, it would be perfect. You know, he is a, a perfect character. As we've seen, Nintendo and Microsoft are buddy-buddy. Banjo-Kazooie's already in Smash Bros. So, and that's probably the reason I don't think he's going to get in. I don't think Microsoft is going to get two spots. Especially when a game like Smash Bros. is so ingrained in the Japanese culture. Um, when you go to the forums and everything, you see so many people say, well, the Japanese don't even like this character, so they really don't have a chance to get in. And as much as I like Master Chief, I think he falls into that. Now, if there was a third DLC season pass... I would, I would almost guarantee he'd be in, but uh, I think at the end of the day, they picked Banjo over Master Chief, but it's a good choice. Um, and now David. David stuck to his guns, and he went, he went with an Overwatch character. And what character did he pick? The, 
the biggest Overwatch character you can. You pick Tracer. The Cavalry's here. And I think that's also another really great pick. Um, Overwatch came to the Switch a couple years ago. Uh, Overwatch 2 is coming out this year or next. So there's a lot of incentive to get a character from that franchise into Smash Bros. Now, the only issue I have is I think it's, I think it's bad timing. You know, obviously there's not a Blizzard character on the Smash Bros. roster, but that's a huge company. There definitely could be one. But I think it would have worked better if it had been announced when Overwatch came to the Switch. I don't believe Overwatch 2 is coming to the Switch, or at least they haven't announced it. So it feels like kind of too little, too late. Now, Tracer would have an amazing moveset. She's a very peppy character. Uh, female representation, those are all great things. She would add so much to it, but I just... I don't think it's going to happen, but, uh, and I know it's not going to happen because I have the two that are going to be in here. Now, two characters left. Who are we going to get here? I do believe we're going to get one more third-party character, and I do believe we're going to get one more first-party character. Now, it's just about whittling that down and figuring out who it is. The third-party character, there's been a lot of rumors for Ryu Hayabusu, the uh, protagonist of the Ninja Gaiden series, but I, I was trying to think of the biggest franchise that does not have a representative in Smash Bros. Now, maybe it's not the biggest franchise. You know, uh, Microsoft has some big ones like Halo. That's definitely bigger. Uh, Sony probably has a couple, but Nintendo doesn't really work with Sony like that. So, in my mind, the biggest franchise that does not have a character is the Resident Evil franchise. Now, I know it's rated M, uh, and Nintendo kind of shies away from that. But we have seen glimpses of horror characters in the Smash Bros. game. They have the character from Fatal Frame as an assist trophy. And Nintendo and Capcom are way buddy-buddy. They work with each other all the time. They just released an exclusive Monster Hunter game for the Switch. So these people are, they're friends. They go out to, to lunch together. So to not have a Resident Evil game in the biggest crossover fighting game of all time, it feels like a missed opportunity. So Yes, a Resident Evil character is getting in. Which one? I don't think I've said yet, but it's the coolest dude in the entire Resident Evil franchise. It's Ethan Winters. No, no. It's, uh, it's Leon S. Kennedy. Leon S. Kennedy is, in my mind, the face of the franchise. You know, he was in Resident Evil 2, which, in my opinion, is the best Resident Evil. He was ready Resident Evil 4, which is one of the biggest Resident Evils. So, um, you could make a case for Jill, Chris. They might even do one of those things where the different, uh costumes the different colors of the characters can actually be different resident evil characters you know because they all probably share some uh, somewhat of a similar gameplay you know probably focused on guns and knives and grenades and all that good stuff so you might have leon as the main character chris jill and whoever else you want to throw in there i think uh the japanese market would really love it you know they would definitely have to tone down some of the uh violence you know with the guns but other characters have guns in that game, so I don't think it would be an issue. Yes, so uh, Resident Evil, Leon S. Kennedy is the first DLC character. And now, I think Sakurai, he, he listens to the fans. He loves the fans. He knows what the fans want. The fans have echoed this name since the beginning. Everyone wants him. He's a sex symbol. We are going to get Waluigi. Waluigi is 100% a joke character. He is the alter ego of Luigi, the mean version of Luigi, like Wario is for Mario. Um, he's never had his own game. He doesn't appear in any of the mainline games, but he is a staple, a staple, I tell you, 
in Mario Kart, in Mario Tennis, golf, basketball, tennis, crochet, cricket. You know, he's always there. And fans, whether it's a joke or not, they have wanted Waluigi in Smash Bros. And, And I can guarantee he's coming in. He is making it into Smash Bros. So you can rejoice and you can cheer because he is going to be there. It is going to be Leon S. Kennedy and Waluigi, your boy, in Smash Bros. as the final two DLC characters. And that is my bold prediction for Nintendo. And uh, like I said, I went in here with five regular predictions and five bold predictions. I think it ended up being like 20 of each. I was kind of all over the place, but that's what happens when you don't have people here to kind of stop your, stop your ranting. So... I apologize, but I hope you enjoyed the E3 predictions. Um, this this episode could have went on for hours, honestly. You know, like I had mentioned earlier, we have Rockstar rumored to be in E3 this year. Uh, does that mean GTA 6? Probably not, because GTA 5 is still making its uh, run on PS5 later this year. Uh, I do believe something like Bully 2 might get announced. You know, EA might have a couple surprises. You know, there's going to be surprises from companies we don't even know yet. I believe the the Kotar, Knights of the Old Republic remake could happen. Uh, E3 really is uh, my favorite time of the year as a gamer. I love taking those two or three days and just ingesting every single detail that comes out. You know, there's so many good things that are shown off. Now, I'm just predicting from these companies because they're the biggest and we know they're going to make announcements. But... There's just so many small games that get announced. There's so many revivals of IPs that you would just never thought of. Um, surprise drops, DLC, uh, you know, game uh, uh, movies and TVs getting adaptations that you would never know about. It's just, it's really the best time of the year. I'm excited for it. Uh, like I said, June 12th to the 15th, my eyes are going to be glued all over E3. Um, can't wait. So I think I've talked enough. You know, this is this has been long. Half hour for one person. That's that's too much for any one man to handle. So I'm gonna jump into final thoughts and uh, I'm gonna take it back. I'm not gonna talk about E3 for final thoughts. I'm gonna talk about uh, you guys, the fans, and talk about how much I appreciate you. Now, now we do this a ton of times. You know, me, Jeremy, and David always. Oh, thank you guys. But uh, honestly, honestly, I've gotten you know over the last couple months, I've gotten a few messages. You know, saying hey podcast is great or hey we really I really enjoy this segment and uh, you guys know who you are if you're listening daily weekly um, you know who messaged me and said hey good work you know this was really cool I liked what you guys did here and uh, I cannot tell you how much that means to me Jeremy and David honestly we kind of once we hear this stuff we're like hey we got to do this more you know people actually enjoy this and it's it's always surprising to hear who listens you know because we're, we're a pretty local podcast at this point, so we get people that, that we've known. They, they message us, and they say, hey, I uh, really enjoyed your stuff. And I just want to say again how appreciative I am of that and all you guys listening. And, of course, you know, spread the word, thoughts and players. We're going to be huge in a couple of years, bigger than we are now. So, uh, like I said, just thank you, everybody, and much love. <laughs> so, that has been my bonus level by myself. It was very awkward. Uh... I miss my friends, but yeah, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast through any of the podcast services. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on a podcast service, so I don't need to tell you which one you should listen to. You're listening to it right now, but give us a a subscribe, give us five stars, write a nice little review, give us a little message, or just continue listening because all this stuff means so much to us. Now, if you want to get more involved, we do have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter, we have TikTok. 
Do I know all those links? Not necessarily, but you can find them in the show notes. You can find them somewhere else. So please do continue listening. Please just enjoy listening, and I appreciate all your feedback. This has been an E3 Predictions Level. Thank you guys so much. Peace.